Welcome to the Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to What's Real. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Tonight is Thursday, January 12th in the year 2023. We have now got a new discovery, apparently, of Biden's classified documents, whatever that means. And, of course, this is becoming a new big focus point for the nation. And like all things, you have to really begin to ask yourself exactly what it is that they want us not to look at. Politics is a deceitful business. It's always about looking here and not there. And this is where we have to constantly start discerning what it is we're actually witnessing and what's actually going on. Within all of this, we know very well that they are trying to crush the way of life that we have. We're all being forced into a, a big corral, so to speak. We're being herded like cattle. And whether you like it or not, good guys or bad guys, however you want to see it, black hats, white hats, each side is trying to corral people in a direction. And unfortunately, the eagerness to find truth and eagerness to find hope leaves, leaves people very vulnerable to walk into big, old, healthy traps. I don't know if you've ever seen how you herd cattle. There's many ways, but one of the easiest ways is just to bring them a roll of hay. And they'll simply walk into the corral because they're hungry and they're ready to eat. And you're there. So this is something we have to keep a solid eye on. There's a lot of things we're going to go over tonight. Just the the ideas and points that you have to start considering. And I think it's very important that we keep that very clear in our minds as we move forward. Now, before we begin... As always, it's important to keep in mind exactly what they're also doing to the entire supply chain system. New York is now talking about locking up food in stores. And Costco today in New York was out of eggs. These things aren't random. And if you know the history of American food supply, you know that those things just don't happen unless you want to go back to the Depression in the 30s. In a recent video of a young man that was walking through Costco, he's done the same walk a year apart. He did a measurement of prices and recorded the prices on products, critical products like flour, eggs, milk, butter, nuts, things that are staples. What did he find out? The CPI, which has come out now that Wall Street's all excited about because the consumer price index is apparently lowered, so we're below the 8.3%. That's all an illusion. Once again, you have to know what's real. The real numbers are right before you. What was the actual price increase of those products that young man recorded in Costco? A 75% increase. That's the real inflation rate for basics in a house. And that didn't include meat. And that didn't include fuel. See, we're getting hammered and we're trying to keep our attention up and out of here, trying to tell you once again that you're crazy to think that there's any sort of inflation. Everybody's doing it because everybody's fearful of what this is actually going to do and what Americans will do if they realize how bad it really is. So we need to realize how bad it really is. With that in mind, make sure you are well stocked up on supplies. And that's why we have Patriot Supply 
as we get ready for this storm that's coming. Patriots, you can hide your head in the sand or you can face the future head on. Those are your two options. If you want to remain free and self-reliant, despite whatever happens in the world, you need to get yourself enough emergency food so you can survive the coming chaos in our society. You can fully expect food shortages if everything breaks down. And if you don't already have enough food on hand, you will regret it. So do yourself a favor and go to preparewithbards.com and save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's largest preparedness company, and they're knocking $200 off the regular price of their three-month kit to help make it affordable for families who are feeling the pain of inflation right now. At this price, get one kit per person for your family. These kits are in stock, and they ship fast and free. Save $200 per kit when you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Patriots, I've said it so many times, food security is the foundation of personal sovereignty. So head on over to preparewithbards.com and take advantage of this amazing offer. Do it today. We're really fortunate to have companies like Patriot Supply. They are one of the top food supply companies for prepping in the nation. And I'm really happy to have them part of this channel. So make sure and take those offers seriously. They're good products. They'll last for up to 20 years on your shelf. So let's kind of take a look at some of the crazy stuff that's going on. By the way, the word just came out, and I've only got one hit on this, but I just got a, a ping that said that Lisa Marie Presley has now died. 1968 to 2023 was the mark. She is. Um, she went in with a heart problem today, which I'm sure has nothing to do with the vax. And there's right where I want to begin. Because what we're not asking is some very serious questions. I'm not telling you that people are not suffering from this vaccine vaccine or this bioweapon is what it is. We know that. We know that there's families losing friends, there's families losing relatives and inner family members. But the question that we need to be asking as well is, why are the elites dropping dead? Why? And I want you to just think about this logically. If I was the enemy, the last person I would be doing is killing my own when I'm trying to kill the other side. And yet, these people are dropping like flies. And it doesn't make sense. We have so many people we can't account for either. Meryl Streep, where'd she go? Where's Cher? Where's Madonna? Where are all these actors and actresses that were spitting mad so mad that they could hardly speak. They would spit so much. And we all know them. They were, they were right up front and center for 2016, 2017, 2018, even 2015, mocking President Trump. And this is the narrative that's given. Well, now that Biden's in, they don't have much to say. Really? I think we know better. Because these people are too much of an egomaniac. Where's Brennan? Where's Comey? We can't keep just, we, what we tend to do because the pace of media, the pace of information, the pace of technology is going so fast, we just brush these things off as no big deal. But we need hard answers. And we need to start demanding the answers. Let's roll back to last week with Congress. Congress has, I'm, and I don't have the exact number, I should, and I apologize, but it's something like 436 members of Congress or 432, something like that. 
And for the first time in three years, hear me out, for the first time in three years, every person was apparently mandated to be in Congress to vote. Proxy voting was not even adopted as a rule yet, except Congress was mandated to be there. My first question is who mandated it and what gave them the authority to make a congressman suddenly appear? Because Nancy Pelosi was gone. And that's another weird one we'll get to in a minute. And so Nancy Pelosi is out. 430 plus congressmen come into D.C. And each congressperson is going to have a staff, a minimum staff of five people. Now, D.C. has been relatively low activity. If you haven't been following any of those videos, people walking around D.C., it looks like a doggone ghost town. IRS has got sandbags around it. The blinds are closed. Nobody's no activity we can see. The Treasury has boards up all around it. The White House has this similar, seemingly low-level activity going on. And there's just kind of like this, even the FBI has got little activity going on. And if you're wondering, NSA is not there. NSA is up north of D.C. at Fort Meade. So that's not another. But there's plenty of other agencies there. And the CIA is not in D.C. It's out west near Reston. But still, in that government center, there's been very little bit of activity. We haven't seen the busyness. And if you've been to D.C., you know how busy it gets in the middle of the day. There's no exceptions to that. It's not whether Congress is in session or out of session. D.C. is busy. If you've ever driven in D.C., and I've done this a lot, D.C. is a nightmare. You can't ever find a parking space. Bars are always packed and booming. Congressmen are moving around. It's not uncommon to see them on the streets once in a while. So here's the question. How did D.C. handle the increase of 2,500 minimum people in one night? Because all of a sudden these congressmen were there, and then for the next five days they were there, Where was all the busyness of the restaurants? We saw one picture of McCarthy apparently having five guys deliver burgers to his office for dinner as they were going to sit down and hash out the debate or the agreements they wanted to come to. Again, I'm not saying they're not there, but I would sure like to get some details. There was no details on the outside, nothing on the outside of the building, no photographs. All the photographs we got were inside the chambers. We constantly see people walking in and around the hallways of D.C. So tell me that. How did, how did these independent journalists, after January 6th, with all this extreme lockdown apparently, how did these independent journalists manage to get through security and get in there to freely walk the halls? I think we know the answer to that, that that's not going to be very likely. So who's behind the cameras? And this is a question every single person needs to be asking. And we all need to be asking these very hard questions. Who is behind the cameras and why are they showing us what we're we're seeing? How about Brazil? Brazil just had this supposed great revolution of the people. The textbook was right out of this January 6th event. Media had it front and center. But here's the trick to it all is all even Patriot channels were carrying all this media about cell phone coverage. You know, the easiest way to trick somebody into believing a lie is to film something with a, a shaky camera and on your cell phone, put it up on the web and say, look what I just saw. And immediately that becomes a guerrilla media event. Nobody vets it. You know, that Twitter shut down its offices just before that happened. 
that they they fired all their staff, they shut down their offices, and there was the only people they had on the ground at Twitter were salesmen. So essentially, the entire connection to the media outlet that we would have had was vaporized just before that event. So who was behind the event? The natural tendency is for us to jump to this conclusion of white hats, white hats in control. I'd be cautious about this right now because we don't know who they are. Here's what I do know. And this isn't going to make people comfortable, but here's what I do know. There's 25 states that have passed an Oath to Israel Act. 25 states, 22 more are getting ready to to pass it. That Oath to Israel Act is going to be an act that means that we cannot say things against Israel. It's going to increase the penalties for anything deemed as anti-Semitic. And it may, in some places, it even forbids people from boycotting Israel. We don't even have that for our own country. We have President Trump, who's apparently Jewish, I guess. Ivanka is Jewish. Jared Kushner, I don't even want to get into him. He's apparently Jewish. Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, now there's photographs of him hanging around with the Israeli groups and, and holding up the Israeli flag. We had rabbis on the floor in up with Nancy Pelosi. I, I'm real curious. What are we being herded into? Who is taking over the, quote, control of the world? Because I'm not really liking what I'm seeing. Did you know that the head of Space Force is a dual citizen, American and Jewish, Israeli, American and Israeli? Did you know that? There's one for you. Why would we put a dual citizen in, in fact, I will tell you this. It is not even legal. You cannot be a dual citizen and hold a post like that because it's a violation of the rules that re- require for top secret clearances. So what is going on? All these questions have to be answered. These are questions that we need to start pressing heavily on because we're not getting answers and the whole deception war that we're in is continuing to perpetuate the lie. As I lay it down on the paper, what it tends to look like to me is that there is a Israeli-led cabal that's working in the shadows with the Jewish banking group that is quietly assaulting the Western institutions and getting people to hate one side of the party and get everybody to follow the Republicans as they infiltrate the Republican Party and assume control over the back end of the finances. I don't know if that's true, but it sure starts to look that way. And it's something we have to look at very carefully. I have a very close friend who does a lot of work with the Israelis. He's one of my buddies from my past life. I sent him a note the other day. I asked him, I said, you may not agree with me, but I see that Israel is the greatest threat to national security that we face. And he's, he does a lot of work with them, cross-training at the highest levels, special operations groups, even, even rubbing shoulders with Mossad once in a while. You know what his answer was? We have a, gr- a wonderful relationship, you and I, Scott, that we have learned to often agree to disagree where we need to. But in this case, there is no disagreement. Israel is the greatest threat 
to American national security. And he went on to list all the times that he's worked with them that the Israelis tried to break into, get into classified spaces that they were not allowed to be in. Hear what I just said. Israelis coming over to do work with us, trying to get into areas they were not supposed to be, trying to get their hands on equipment, steal it, getting into high security areas, highly sensitive stuff, trying to get their hands on stuff to take back home. And they couldn't get clearances. Why? Because you can't get a clearance if you're a foreign national. So how is it that we have a Space Force commander that has a dual citizenship. See, this is what I've said all along, and, I, and I'm really, really int- important that you get a hold of this. We have had our pulpits absolutely taken over. And when I say Israel, I mean literally half the Christian community falls on their knees and goes, oh, we must pray, we must pray, don't say anything bad about Israel. Israel is a country, we're talking politics, military, and power, and banking. It is a country that was purchased by Rothschild's money. It was a country, and by the way, this person went on to say that he is no fan of of the Palestinians. He can't stand them. But he said the one thing that's not even being reported is the Israelis are massacring them. It is an all-out massacre, including women and children, and no one's reporting it. We have got to get past these idolatries. We have to get past the acceptance of what we see and start asking a new level of hard, hard questions. Question everything, literally. And there are things we have to be asking. There's a lot going on, and our world is changing. I mean, just consider what we're facing right now. We have a world that's rolling in fast. We didn't get a vote on this, by the way. We've had it thrown before us, and unfortunately, temptation is the greatest pathway to sin. And so we've had all these things thrown before us, the technologies, the conveniences, getting used to using digital money because we have paper money, but we don't have to really use paper money because we can use digital cards. They have been priming the pump for where we are right now. I mentioned this in a previous show a few nights ago where someone had written on our channel, in our Telegram channel, that this was too much, too overwhelming. They had too many things controlling us in their money systems and their banking systems and the way they, they owned and controlled things through the digital sphere. And this person literally said, the only solution we have is to pray and wait for Jesus. And that's exactly where they want you. And here's the next step of it. Please pray to the Israelis. Please, please pray to Israel and worship them and give up your sovereignty. Give that some thought. Because this isn't Esther in that model. The book of Esther. No. This is worse. Esther freed her people. This is about subduing their people willfully and using the idea of a false worship to do it. This is a very dangerous time in our nation. Look at the technologies we now face. Artificial intelligence is right before us. Gene technology. We're dealing with that with this damn vax. And you have human computer interfaces. That's like Neuralink and other things. You've got optical interfaces, you have audible audio interfaces, brain interfaces. All of these technologies are being thrown out here, and they're moving at high speed. You may think that they're not. Let me tell you, there's people being hired, there's industries rising up, there's funding going into them. Wall Street's on fire. 
And then you have what some are calling extended reality, which goes beyond just virtual reality because it gets into augmented reality. If you're not familiar with that, you should be. Augmented reality is where you're actually seeing a projection of the real world. So it would be like looking through a movie camera and you're seeing when you look through that camera that it's as if you're seeing the actual world. But then there's digital overlays that can go onto that. They can give you directions in, in screen. It's like a heads up display. That's becoming a big one. And then, of course, we have 3D printing, which is where we learn that everything can be made through a digital code, printed out in your room, in your home. This is like the replicator from Star Trek, except it doesn't have real materials in it. Everything is made to look like something. It's all made from nano nanoparticles, nanomaterials, plastics, mixes of things. And they're going to tell you you can do new design, which is true. There's some new designs and innovations that will come out of it. But all of this is designed in, in the end to channel us into a place where they control everything. In their ultimate ideas, you literally live in your house, you work in a meta world. When you go outside, you're living in a virtual augmented reality so that you do those occasional walks to the store because you're not going to drive because we're going to have to keep you locked down into a small space and community where everything will be provided and your world will suddenly shrink. And as the world shrinks, you're going to be accustomed to just living within your neighborhood. Deliveries will be made to the local store. Everything will be grown in vertical agricultural facilities that will be within your community. You won't even know the distance of your community. You know, when I grew up in my small town, I remember meeting people. I, my parents were amazing because they, one of the things they did, and I've known I've talked about them a lot of times, but they, are, they're really, they were amazing, amazing people the way we grew up. And they, even though we were in a small town, they insisted that my brother and I get exposure well beyond the town. They didn't want us to be small town people. So we traveled a lot. My dad was a pilot. He, we flew places. It was great. The experiences were amazing. They were life-changing in the end. And that's what sparked so much in my life. But I remember meeting people in my town, small town. And people my age. And they'd be like, man, I've, I've, I went to Portland this weekend. It's like, yeah, it's a three and a half hours away. Big deal. You're like, dude, my family's never left this, town, this county. Like, it was a big deal. And literally, this is a real story. Somebody went up to Portland. I, was, I can't even keep a straight face on this one. And this is like 50 years later or something, 40 years later. And they're like, I went up with a family and my uncle, all he did all day long was ride the elevators on buildings. Because in, this, in our town, we didn't have a building that was tall enough for an elevator. You see, that sounds goofy to talk about, but this is exactly where they're trying to choke everybody down to, to where your life is so restricted and you do it by free will. You Why go out? You can interface on the, on the meta world. And then when you do go out, you're going to be interfacing through an augmented reality. You're not even seeing it. They're shaping everything. You need something, order it, print it out on, print it out on a 3D printing facility you have in your house or go down to the 3D printing facility in the, in the center part of the town. You're not going to interact with many people. You're just going to pick up your product. Want to grow a baby? That's okay. Just go down to the birthing clinic. They'll set it up. And if you have enough money, you can even get an artificial womb and sit it right in your front room. That's no kidding. That design is already active and going. So the real question is, what is going on? And how crazy, how crazy does this get? Because we have to start being prepared to ask some really hard questions. Arthur C. Clarke had a wonderful quote. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. 
Let me read that again. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Right now, one of the things that we keep seeing, and, and there's anomalies, and people just don't want to believe it. And you'll talk to people, and they'll be like, no, it can't really be. Except that one of the top documentary filmmakers said it the other day. Can we ask the new Congress to investigate whether there's more than one Biden? Because there is. So what's that about? We don't want to believe in mask technology, even though the CIA's mask person, who you can find her videos online on YouTube, she, she'll tell you that those technologies, many of them, especially what you see in Mission Impossible, are real. And if she's telling you they're real, that means there's a lot more behind the scenes. You know that little tape they put on the, the if you've seen that in Mission Impossible, they put this like little piece of foil across the throat and it changes the voice. All they have to do is speak a couple words into the computer and then suddenly the thing is programmed and it modifies your voice. Yeah, that's real. Oh, and the mask stuff, what they can 3D print a mask that looks like somebody else and fits perfectly on your face. Yeah, that's real. See, we don't want to believe that because we haven't seen it. And then what they do, which is so masterful, is they put all the truth in fiction and people go, wow, that's crazy, man. Do you see that Mission Impossible film? What a wild idea. Right. Hide in plain sight. That's how they do this. Hide in plain sight. So will the real Biden please stand up? Because we know this is not the real Biden. We know there's at least two or three that have been in play. Is the real one even alive? I have no idea. Go look at the pictures of Kevin McCarthy. I'm not telling you the guy might not have gotten a, a fitness trainer. He may have, and I congratulate him if he did. But, oh, my goodness, did he lose a lot of weight in 30 days or about 60 days. And it's odd because his eyes don't look quite the same. And that Nancy Pelosi thing that we saw, how did she stay so young looking at certain points and then get so old overnight and then suddenly get young again? Just curious. I mean, we know for a fact that the Secret Service has always set up doppelgangers. El Chapo, one of the most notorious gangsters, if you will, cartel leaders in Mexico. I knew the guys that were working on the op to get El Chapo out. Do you know what delayed them? 18 body doubles. That's right. He had 18 actively in play. And they were so good, it was hard to distinguish the real person from who he was. So my question has always been, where did they come from? And then you have to jump into another topic, which makes everybody uneasy. Because then you start to go down these rabbit holes, and you're like, oh, hold on a minute, Bards. Well, we're not ready for that. Better be. You better be ready for what I'm going to say next. Two big things, biosynthetics and clones. you got to be ready. If you don't believe in cloning technology, I'm going to encourage you to go research what they do with top-breeding cattle. They've been doing this for over 20 years. They've been cloning bulls. If you don't believe in cloning, check out in California where you can clone your pet. And then, of course, you hear, well, that's just animals. I want you to think about this. Do you know that the first, I think it was Dolly. Dolly was the first cloned sheep. But it wasn't a sheep when it's young. It's a lamb. That's interesting. Almost like they were mocking God with the blood of the lamb with their first clone. And that technology, that thing was grown in a bag. 
glowing in a bag. And that technology was done in the 80s. They've been telling you what's going on if you watch the movies. There's these things aren't, where do they come up with these ideas? People go, the good imagination. What's well, amazing imagination? An incredible amount of detail. If you talk to scriptwriters, they will tell you they research this stuff. Most scriptwriters will tell you this that they research heavily their scripts and they put together things that are very real and very viable. I've told you this story before. I'm going to tell you right now. We did an unclassified study for one of the projects I did at the Department of Defense. I stress that point, unclassified, because it was an unclassified study based on open source technologies that we could find and we could make projections on. Because what it was used for is to compare where the open source material was and where the trends in the labs were going. What I can tell you is, generally speaking, of what you see in the public eye, there's, it's at least 20, if not 50 years more advanced in the labs. I can tell you that, and if you don't believe it, go check it, because the people will tell you this all the time. What sits in the labs in corporations and what sits in the labs in the military labs, the government labs, 20 to 50 years ahead of what you see. So in 2015, 2014, in 2014, we did the study on emerging threat technologies. There's a couple of them that stand out. By 2022, we projected based on what was being advertised for the right amount of money out of Silicon Valley that they would have desktop quantum computing. You're being told that quantum isn't even possible yet, and Silicon Valley was promising it by 2022. And to my understanding, it's available for the right price. Like if you're a drug dealer. Like if you're a cabal member that wants to create a massive capability of AI and artificial intelligence modeling to constantly keep a story changing forever. Avatar, you know the movie. In that scenario, Avatar, they grow a biosynthetic being in labs. And this biosynthetic being looks like this alien group that Avatar is about. And the person that runs it is in a kind of like in a, a cocoon system. And he makes a Neuralink. Sound familiar? Neuralink to this other, this biosynthetic. And he's able to function in the biosynthetic as if he's really there. It's like a dream state that they can project. People go, that's crazy. Who would do that? That's, that's a crazy. Mm -hmm. They accomplished that basic idea of one rat being able to work, run another rat, communicating through a telekinesis type, a telekinetic type project by putting chips in their brains and they were communicating digitally to one another. They did that back in 2010. A scientist in UK created a chip back in 2010 that they, he, had he designed and implanted into his arm. Through the internet, he was able to control a robotic arm in New York while he sat in the UK. I'm just emphasizing the time frame here. That was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. These the technologies don't stay static. When we did our projection on the avatar piece of these biosynthetics that were grown in labs and then connected to a person, which was the new a concept of a new future soldier army. That technology would be available towards a well-funded third world nation that wanted to create a bit of problem or a cartel member. In other words, it was publicly available with the right amount of money. We projected by 2030, if not by 2025. 
That's how advanced these technologies are. And that was not counting what is in the labs. I will assure you, in the labs, much has been accomplished. I've talked to you a lot about the mRNA. It's all rooted in transhumanism. They already solved the problems of transhumanism, the basics of it, of how to transition people to the transhumanist model. They solved that back in 2012. Because in the academic circles of these elite lab researchers, by, 2020, by 2014, all of their research papers shifted from the how to make it happen to how do we convince people of the ethics to convert themselves to transhumanism. That has been the discussion ongoing for almost eight to 10 years. Google X Labs, also known as Google X, were the ones that pioneered nanoblood. The whole principle of nanoblood was part of the super soldier project so that they could replace a soldier's blood with this nanoblood so that if they got wounded downrange combined with a super suit that they developed, it would have an ability to automatically constrict or do tourniquets if they got wounded. There was all sorts of things built in. If you are familiar with this patch that they're using now that has like, it looks like they have little teeth of a, of a uh, poisonous snake and it, that patch injects things into the skin. That was all woven into the suit so that if somebody needed an immediate drug release of a painkiller or, or an antibiotic, it would immediately inject it. They can control the entire healing of the soldier from afar and the nano blood would accelerate healing of the physical body. Again, what was that year? About 2012. So what is real? And these are the questions we have to continue to ask because this is a complete deception where we're dealing with. And it goes from everything from visually what you see to actually what's happening before us. Who is this literally that we're looking at? And I go back to the same question. Who's dying from this vax? I'm not questioning about the deaths. I would like to know where the families are. If, we're, if we've had about a million people that have died, why is it we don't have a, at least half of those voices screaming bloody murder on social media? And it's easy for us to, to pass this off because we're going to be like, well, they, they don't realize it's the vax. Okay, I could have done that three years ago. I can't do that now because people aren't stupid. And there's an amazing level of awakening that's happening in this country. So where are the families? Where are the funerals? Where's the outrage of the families? I heard somebody say the other day, well, you know, really, and we, the funeral homes are the ones that are kind of screwing with the, with the death certificates. Maybe. Again, these are questions. I'm not telling you I have answers. But I'm looking at this over and over. Just take the dead voter rolls. We know for a fact that when President Trump went to do the census the way he wanted to do it, those up in D.C. lost their flipping mind. They even took him to court and said he couldn't ask certain questions. And so we were led down a path to believe that the reason they were hiding this is there were so many illegal aliens in this country. So many illegal aliens that they were stacking voter rolls. But we've not really discovered that. In fact, we've never discovered much of that at all. Because what happens is once they vote, they register, and then they're not eligible to get citizenship if later on they want to do it, and they're found that they voted illegally. So that postulate, that concept, 
as we've proven, that's this is work Dr. Frank has been doing, has proven to be a false narrative. What we have proven is that there are voter rolls, shadow people that are all around. You move from one state to another state to another state, they keep you active, but they don't just keep you active. It is appearing more and more, and as we move into this, that they're also creating this whole game of you're tied to the Social Security system, you're tied to the Medicaid system, you're tied to the whole health system, you're tied to the driving system. That means that you become part, you become a digital avatar in the system that actually exists, and you are a you are digitally cloned. I'm actually not kidding about this. You you're given an address. So when people go there and they find out that you didn't vote and you're not there, some of the, we always say, well, they're dead. Not everybody's dead. This is, again, what Dr. Frank is finding and his team. They're not everybody's dead. They've just, you've been cloned digitally. So we're dealing with these two, with these multiple dimensions of existence. We have the physical existence, which we can witness that there's crazy things going on. Like President Trump having his wedding down at Mar-a-Lago and suddenly getting shorter. I don't know how that happens. I mean, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. How'd that happen? The man is 6'4", six, 6'5", six, something like this. And suddenly he got shorter than Melania. I don't know how, don't know how that happened. It's pretty amazing, though. Whatever that, whatever that hand trick is, I'd like to learn it. People just, and we, we obviously, we always are c- compelled to, to try to provide a answer instead of asking a question. You get somebody to go, well, no, no, it's a camera angle. Oh, it's, he's getting old. Prove it. There's your challenge. And just to say, so I reinforce that this is part of what I do every single day. And the thing is, there's not enough of this prove it going on. People are too willing to just say, ah, no big deal. Now here, here's, a, here's a headline. Scientists revive cells and organs in dead pigs. That just came out, August 3rd, 2022. Oh, okay, great. What the hell did they just say in that headline? They have taken dead pigs and they have taken brain cells and they have revived them to make what? And for what purpose? Of all the animals in the world, the pigs are the closest to humans. There's something to think about. So we have dead voter rolls and there's a cloning going on there in a digital space. Plus, like Facebook, they purged, I don't know, I want to say it was seven, eight years ago. They purged 1.4 billion users. Okay, so essentially Facebook purged about one-fifth of the global population off of its platform, and it had no impact. What we've since learned from Twitter is that there's all of these bots and avatar people, and how they've been using that is to show activity that didn't actually exist so that people would invest, more money would come in, they could make more sales numbers. It also creates these false echo chambers. People start to believe narratives that aren't there. We're seeing the real live evidence coming out of Twitter with this. And you saw the response when, when the Musk, whatever he is, the Musk avatar took over. And when that Musk avatar took over Twitter and the team that was behind him, they went through and they purged everything. You started hearing liberals screaming bloody murder. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I don't have the same people with me anymore. No, you don't. There's a new movie coming out 
on Netflix. It's on Bernie Madoff. It's a documentary. It's a documentary series. It's actually pretty amazing. It deals with a different dimension of Madoff. We just had FTX go belly up. All the eyes are on Bankman. If anybody has half a brain, you know that Bankman could not have done that work. Let me just play this clip. This is the this is the trailer for the new piece on Netflix. Take a listen to this and listen carefully to what is said. People think they know this story. Bernie Madoff has been arrested. They think it's a story about one man. There is no way you can run a $50 billion Ponzi scheme and not have anybody else know about it. Madoff was the scapegoat for the financial crisis. But in a blue-collar crime, the bodies drop before you investigate. In a white-collar crime, they drop afterwards. Bernie fed on being the guy. They always wanted to please everybody. They didn't want to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. And the choice he made was he could live with himself as a liar much more easily than he could live with himself as a failure. He had his handful of soldiers create fake trading documents to give to the SEC. Look at the numbers. It's impossible that he's trading in the volume that he says he is. If you're getting good returns, people knew not to ask too many questions. We need a smoking gun. The big banks, the regulatory agencies completely failed. If you are the watchdog, you have totally and thoroughly failed in your mission. Bernie is managing money for some of the world's most dangerous people. He told me if I am wrong, I have no out. I am a dead man. People lost everything. What am I going to do? I was in my mid-70s already. To lose your life savings in a house, too, it's terrible. One thing every one of them was, which everybody in the industry is, they're greedy. Trust, betrayal, pure evil. A hundred years from now, people will remember this story. Oh, they'll remember it all right. And if you listen carefully, you just heard that it wasn't possible for Madoff to do it himself. And yet he was the fall guy. So how did Bankman and FTX suddenly get blamed on one person? Because literally, and I hate to say this, but this is true. Most people are stupid of how business works. The volume we're talking about, $50 billion in FTX, and one guy's supposed to be handling all those trades and all that stuff on his laptop with a girlfriend that looks like a shrew? Give me a break. And they're all living in this sort of like free love commune of a bunch of friends of them. They're all handling it all. We literally have to start getting real about what we're being told and what we're seeing. Let me play a little piece here. This will stun you. Welcome to the new narrative on how to protect the vax. And guess who it's coming from? Bernie Sanders. Do yourself a favor. Go outside and, and take a look at the sky. Do you see pigs flying? There must be, because Bernie Sanders has awakened. And now he's starting to preach what we've been preaching for the last two years. In terms of Moderna, here's the story. This vaccine was discovered in partnership with the NIH, with a government agency supported by the taxpayers of this country. In addition, the government put $1.9 billion into research and development for Moderna and then guaranteed Moderna billions of dollars in sales. And then as a thank you to the taxpayers of this country, what Moderna says is after we deplete the government supply of free vaccines, they're going to quadruple the price of that vaccine. 
And meanwhile, they're going to charge whatever it is, 110 bucks a vaccine. It costs them about $2 to produce that vaccine. And then on top of all of that, in the last few years, since this vaccine has been on the market, you got the CEO of the company making billions of dollars, becoming a multi-billionaire, as well as other executives. There is your new narrative. He didn't say stop the vaccine. In fact, he's talking about how unfair the pricing of the vaccine is and how Moderna is making all the money. It's attack on corporate from a wealth distribution model while he's still talking in favor of the vaccine. Pretty genius. This is all Alinsky's stuff. Tomorrow night, we're going to get into Alinsky, which I think will be a good way of kind of pulling this all together for you. Biggest thing is you have to be asking questions. Every one of us do. And there are things here that are happening that are way beyond our understanding at certain points because we aren't even on the same playing field because we don't know the technologies that they have. One thing you cannot do is not trust your gut. When you see something and it feels off, pay attention. These people are not that good. And they're relying on you to be convinced that what you feel and what you hear in your head, what you sense, is all wrong. Remember, trust the science. Listen to them. They're going to guide you on the way. These people are liars. They're cheats. They're just pure devils all the way through. And so with this rapid desire to be white hats in control, here's another one for you. Please someone tell me what the plan is. And please someone tell me what America Make America Great is looks like. And please someone tell me what America First and we're going to be greater than we ever were before looks like. Because I can't get any details on this other than what I see, which is that we're being railroaded into this new brick system, Silk Road financial system that's being run by some hybrid of the CCP that's going to crush the dollar, transfer wealth and, and power over to the, a new group of people, the BRICS nations, which we're not going to have a seat at the table with. All backed by a social credit score that was engineered by the cabal but piloted in China. And Americans are sitting here going, oh, wait, 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 oh, this new digital currency. And they're going to throw out a bait in front of you, which is going to be a CBDC, which is a false currency that will intentionally fail to herd you over to the other one. Don't be herdable. Be defiant. Ask questions. The greatest trick of this whole thing, which I think is going to be the greatest irony of it all. I don't think Congress is in D.C. That's my personal opinion. Someone wrote today, they're in D.C. because the flag is up. They literally wrote this. The flag is up on Congress. They're obviously in session. <laughs> okay. I don't have to see any bodies. I just need to see a flag. See, this is the problem we have is we're trying still to trust in an institution. The institution has gone rogue. It has one purpose on a global level. Both parties are in this together. What is that purpose? to migrate people to this great new horizon of the Great Reset. And what does that look like? We don't really know. But what we do know is apparently it means killing off a whole bunch of people, which we don't know where the funerals are, and we haven't met the families, at least not many of them. And we know that a bunch of their own keep dropping dead, which is a little bit weird, I'll have to tell you, because enemies don't tend to kill their own. And we know that we've got about four Bidens in play, but we all want to believe that it's just one Biden that's just lunatic. And we know we have at least two Trumps in play, 
one that's shorter than the other, but we don't want to believe that. We want to think he's old or he's or, or it's a bad camera angle. It just keeps going on. You know, it's like tell somebody that there's weather warfare and they're like, oh, that's silly. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was silly because Disney did it with on one of their family specials back in the 50s and on the Sunday night Disney show. They talked about weather warfare and how we'd already accomplished it. And Von Braun led the subject. And always that, Von Braun, the former Nazi who was trying to wipe out England with his V-2 rockets and was planning a V-2 rocket to deliver a nuclear bomb to New York. But don't worry, we're bringing him into your family room. And he's a good guy now because he converted. To what? We have got to stop being so foolishly naive and not asking the hard questions that are before us. And I don't know what that seed is in America. But people do not want to challenge authority, and they don't want to question what's before them, and they don't want to ask the hard questions to stand up and be one from the crowd. That's not the way we used to be, but it's the way we become. So, yeah, I'll be that wild guy. I'll be that tin hat crazy that comes out here and says, guess what, patriots? There are clones, and they're walking amongst you. There are biosynthetics, and they're walking amongst you. And there's a lot of them, and you don't know it. And that's the truth. Last word on this one. You know what Nephilim really stands for? It has nothing to do with giants. Nephilim translates to earthborn. Means not of heaven. Clones, by definition, are earthborn. So are biosynthetics. Just some things to take home and sleep on that one. Take it to prayer. See where it takes you. Let's pray. Father, at this point in time, in this walk, we just pray for a greater level of discernment. We pray for the ability to start seeing through much of the lies that sit before us. We start praying for, to be able to not be deceived by the twists and turns that they put out here and the deceptions that they place before us to lead people astray. That takes a solid heart and faith. It takes an ability to stand solidly on the rock of faith, have trust in you, and lean into you, and trust in what we hear in our heart. So we pray that people will listen to their heart, not listen to what they see, but rather than what their faith drives them to know. To awaken that deeper sense of who we are, because we know what we're witnessing. And as we start to trust in that knowing, that knowledge, that wisdom that you give, this world will transform. So Father, this is a time that we have to start stepping into a new place to really shed this deception that we've been living under and realize this matrix is very sophisticated. And it's designed to keep us enslaved. And that we cannot have. Guide us and protect us. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, our world is not what it seems. We know that. But I'll leave you with this little piece that Maybe puts things in perspective in a simple way. I'm not a vegan. I'm going to eat some meat somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if you want to save the planet, kill yourself and one less person. But do you not think there's accountability and responsibility for us to think about other things apart from killing ourselves? Nope. Isn't that quite futile and defeatist? Yes. Granted, you're a little young guy who wants to save the world. Hey, you're not going to do it. The best impact you could have is die. Do you not want to die for the planet? Not really, no. I'm not. <laughs>
Call them out, put truth on the table, let them think about where they are. That's the best thing. Truth is the most powerful weapon we have. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, 
It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.